Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to Glocal News and Social Artistry, where we get to talk to folks who are building a more humane world from the inside out. I'm your host, Dick Dalton, and today my guest is Yolanda hughes Hain. Uh, out in the, the Northwest, where it sometimes is cloudy, but today you say it's sunny. Morning, oh, yeah. or good afternoon. Good afternoon, Dick. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm really doing wonderful. We, we've had a cold, sunny day in uh, Missouri. So mostly uh, I've been in doing uh, homework. So this has uh, been a good day. Uh, you've okay. been at the gym today doing... Uh, fitness while you're a personal trainer, aren't you? Yes, I am a personal trainer, um, health and wellness coach. Um, I also coach uh, clients for competitions, whether it's bikini or bodybuilding or fitness. Wow, that's cool because you have actually uh, lived a life that uh, puts you in that category. Yes. Yes, I uh, competed uh, as a bodybuilder, started at a young age, started uh, pretty much fresh out of high school. Now, you were over in Tennessee, weren't you? Yes, I grew up in Tennessee. Yeah, and uh, as I recall from Wikipedia, <laughs> you, you, uh, you liked sports. You were, what, track, uh, uh, gymnastics? Yes. And your grandma wanted you to be sure to be good at it. Well, you know, um, I started out in gymnastics and I was always turning flips in the house and jumping off the furnitures and busting up things. And she was like, "Uh, uh-uh, this is just too much. So we're going to find a place for you to exert that energy. So she put me in gymnastics and I loved it. So I excelled in gymnastics and, you know, went to the state championships and won many awards as a gymnast. Mm. And as I entered into high school, that's when I got involved with track and field. I've admired gymnastics because it seems to be uh, putting the body in such a um, balanced mode of, uh, you know, there's, it's not too much of flexibility and not too much of strength and not too much of this, but all of it in a package together. Is that, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yes, it makes a lot of sense. Um, Yeah, as a gymnast, you are pretty well-rounded. A lot more upper body though, strength, especially doing the uneven parallel bars and um, floor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but it is pretty well balanced. We certainly are seeing a lot of, uh, a lot more gymnastics in terms of our Olympics. Uh, I think people are exposed to more gymnastics and maybe we certainly, when I was growing up, I wasn't exposed to it at all. Oh, okay. I'm wow. a little older than you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. 
Let's see. Well, we won't go into that. No, uh, we'll go into that. Let's just <laughs> bypass that. So uh, bodybuilding, though, just doesn't seem to fit with, except the body, I guess, has to look well-rounded. Yes. And all the muscles have to be balanced. To. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? It was just uh, kind of an easy transition coming out of gymnastics and out of track and field. Um, I got started with bodybuilding, though we did some lifting in track and field, but not like you would for bodybuilding. Um, I was practicing gymnastics at uh, Western Kentucky because that's where I was going to uh, the university. So a professional wrestler spotted me in the workout room and asked me if I would be interested in competing in a bodybuilding competition in Bowling Green, Kentucky, which was going to be um, held in five weeks, I think. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but it sounds very interesting. And so he told me to come down to the gym where he worked and he would show me and we would talk about diet and I'm mm -hmm. like diet I'm not interested in going on a diet I'm already slim why would I want to lose more weight yeah so I didn't know much about it at the time so I went on on what I thought was you know a diet stayed on that diet for maybe a week of eating baked chicken rice green beans um drinking lots of water and I would eat that meal throughout the day, um, probably like five times. Mm -hmm. You know, I would switch up the vegetables, but pretty much stuck with chicken and fish. What, what was the goal? The goal was to lean my, get my body fat down. Even though I was already pretty, um, you know, lean, yeah. I needed to get a little leaner. Hmm. But after a week of just eating baked chicken, green beans, and rice... I couldn't take it anymore. So I went in the kitchen. I fried some chicken legs, <laughs> had some mac and cheese, cornbread, and I left the green beans. <laughs> and I grubbed. Uh huh. Yeah. So, you know, and then I kind of came down on myself because I'm like, oh my gosh, I really, you know, messed up my diet. And um, so, you know, I went in the, in the bathroom and kind of and stuck the fingers down the throat. And I'm like, wow, threw up. And I thought, okay, that was the first and the last time I will ever do that. Yeah. Thank you goodness. Know? Yeah. So stick, so stick with the program. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's what I did from that day forward. I stuck with the program. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm certainly glad you had that ex negative experience that, brought about that commitment yeah well you know what I mean as a gymnast we would have to make weight and I saw other girls doing that though I never had issues making weight so it wasn't you know a big thing for me but that was something that they would do mm -hmm. so I thought okay well I'll try it mm -hmm. okay and uh, like I said it was the first and the last time well as a bodybuilder 
my understanding is you're looking for muscle and muscle weighs more than fat. Yes. So you're, you're still adding weight. In if you're replacing fat with muscle, you're, you're putting on some weight. So, yeah, well, the thing is, when I say lean down, that means I need to drop my body fat, but hang on to the muscle mass. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So there's a way to do it that you mm -hmm. don't lose the yeah. muscle. Well, as a, as a health teacher myself, um, <laughs> what do you have a puppy dog there that we're getting? Yes. Here? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, great. Uh, as a health teacher, the, I didn't have much exposure to bodybuilding as, you know, pros or cons other than when people said that they had to take certain kind of supplements to make that make you have enough what testosterone or things that yeah. contribute to bodybuilding things it, will that contribute to helping you to build more muscle mass also recovery from mm -hmm. you know intense training mm -hmm. but you know at the end of the day if you are genetically not inclined to have big muscles mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what you take, it's not going to happen. Interesting. And, and it takes hard work and ethics to to make it work, just like with anything else. Yeah. Okay. That's a. Uh, do you think that uh, professional wrestler noticed your genetics somehow? Did he pick up on something that? Uh, um, I yes he did. Eye? Yeah. Yes he did. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. So mm -hmm. it was fun. And I was always, as a youngster, trying to put on weight. So, you know, I was eating weight gain tablets this, weight gain tablets that, and eating lots of food. But being really active, it was, uh, it was a little bit harder for me to put on muscle. Yeah. 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 You have evidently, and, and I'm going to comment just in terms of my experience with track students at Lincoln University, there, there is a real dedication and commitment to rigorous training that goes yeah. into national competition because our team was, they were national division two champs year after year. Uh, so I know that you must have had a mentality that really contributed to your success. Um, well, you know, when I was growing up, being a gymnast, that was really my passion. And I had great gymnastic coaches. Um, and I saw that as an opportunity because I wanted to be the first black female to go to the Olympics. Mm -hmm. And um, as I came out of high school and going into college, um, you know, it was that separation from my gymnastics coach that had been there for me for the last 12 years. Wow. Kind of hard and going. And by the time I got to Western Kentucky, the gymnastics team had just folded. Oh. And I was going there because of my brother who was going to Western Kentucky. But he decided to go to California to a different um, college. Mm -hmm. So I was stuck at Western Kentucky by myself. <laughs> <laughs> Things weren't working but, out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I, I walked on the track team, went out and uh, got a full ride. So 
Yeah. You knew the ropes from high school. You'd already run track and what? Yeah, I was just a good good athlete. Yeah. 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 Did you follow your brother to California? I did eventually. <laughs> I went out to uh, California a year later and went to transfer to a junior college, Saddleback Junior College mm -hmm. in Mission Viejo. Mm -hmm. And uh, walked on the track team and got a full ride. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, I started following my passion, being in California, being not too far from Muscle Beach, ah. which is Venice Beach. So I got really inspired um, to pursue my bodybuilding career and mm. um, dropped out of college mm -hmm. and pursued my bodybuilding career. Um, at that point, I had started qualifying for national competitions. Mm -hmm. And from there, I was like, okay, it's really getting real now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, and then in, yeah, I would say like 87, 88, somewhere in there, I went, uh, I met my husband, and mm -hmm. then I moved to Germany. Whoa, so, that's yeah. a big change. Yeah, that was a culture shock for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and not being able to speak the language. So, um, yeah, like I said, I dropped out of college, started focusing on the bodybuilding career, um, moved to Germany, started competing over in Germany, and I won quite a few international competitions. Wow, okay. Yeah, and so... At that point, I was still competing nationally here in the States. So Joe Weider from Muscle, um, <laughs> Muscle and Fitness. Uh -huh. Well, anyways, he sponsored me for a couple of years. And uh, he would fly me back to the States to compete in the nationals. Wow. So, yeah. That's an exciting then, life. Was it exciting? It was. It was exciting. It was is that, exciting. is that, a, do you get addicted to that excitement? Of or is course. It, okay. Of course. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, 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 um, how do I say, you're challenging yourself to mm -hmm. be better, you right. know, to lift heavier, to push past the, the point of no return, the pain. Mm. Right? Mm. As they used to say, no pain, no gain. Well, I, uh, Jane Fonda used to say that, but <laughs> I never bought into it, obviously, if you ever saw me. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know. Did you, did you have injuries? It. Was there any injuries? You know what? I have to say, um, I didn't really get... It have any injuries every now and again my little knees would um kind of tweak mm. um you know i would get tight through my lower back from squatting heavy weights or mm. leg pressing heavy weights and so i would always go to a chiropractor mm -hmm. um i would go to a massage therapist mm -hmm. um just to make sure everything stayed in line and i would do lots of stretching and yoga and 
meditating. Wow. So for, yeah, even, even as a gymnast back when I was in high school, I would always do visualization before my competitions. And so that just played over into whatever it was that I was doing. How did you learn about that? Do you recall visualizations before competition? You know, I, um, I forget who it was that I had heard speak something about meditation, but also my coach would talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, when I first heard about it. And then my uh, gymnastics coach, um, she was really good. We still have a friendship to this very day. She spoke about visualizing what I was going to, what it was going to look like, what it was going to feel like yeah. just going through the whole thing. Well, you know what I learned uh, one year, actually by teaching health, I got in, introduced to a book and it had a story about Muhammad Ali and he visualized a complete 15 round match regularly all of the punches that he'd get and throw and moves and i mean it was like he must have been able to so internalize that experience and what it did for him he said was he knew that he could last 15 rounds because he had done it and he had done it and he had done it. And that often was what was the deciding factor in his matches was just his endurance to be able to mentally push on through to 15 rounds if he had to. Exactly. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I would do. I would meditate two, three times a day. Mm Um, probably like 30 minutes. Um, I also worked with the coach, um, who helped me to do visualization and, um, I could already knew what was going to happen. I already knew where I was going to place. Um, yeah, you know, every once in a while there was a little, little differences, but not much. I could tell you what number I was going to have that I would pick out of a hat randomly. Oh my. Um, so just that dialed in. That, that's a little beyond the normal. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? When you spend that much time and energy and getting really in tune with yourself, mm-hmm. then you know. Hmm. You know. So what is that? Uh, let, let's uh, shift gears slightly, but not lose track of where we're going with it. That sort of speaks to another realm in a sense of something having already happened and you are just tapping into the future and seeing it happen and then living it. Is that at all what you experienced? Well, yes, um, but I had already lived it in my visualization. That's what I mean, yeah. So energetically, that's that it was already manifested. So, so it's all energy. So the question is, uh, are you making it happen in the future or is the future revealing to you what is going to happen? It's, it's, it's a curious. Uh, so for me, I think I've, I, in my mind, I've already made it happen. Okay. 
So I'm catching up with it energetically. Right. Gotcha. That that's a sounds like a marvelous way to approach it. Yeah. Yeah. And the assurance that that brings is yes. just like you're. There's no fear. You're just walking right into almost a comfort zone because you know what's happening. Right. Well, you know, but there was there was some challenges along the journey. Um, but it's it's having that unwavering faith because doubt always creeps in from um, mm -hmm. from what we see, touch, taste, smell, all that creates the doubt. Sure. So you have a, a mental uh, warfare that goes on. Of course. Yeah. And do you bring uh, any higher powers into your battle or is that uh, necessary? So like, for me, when uh, bringing in the higher power, there is something greater than myself, but I'm also a part of that greatness. Yes. Uh -huh. That I have to tap in to. Sure. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I guess, I guess, yeah. Yeah. But I don't, see, I don't see it outside of myself, though. Uh-huh. You know, like like I was taught that God is outside of you or the divine source is, you know, is apart from you. But I feel that the source is within me. Gotcha. Uh-huh. And that um, separation that you were taught as a kid, most of us were taught and in a sense, I don't know why we were taught that. Uh, probably historically, there was some kind of a cultural teaching that that gave power to somebody to say, "Well, you can't get to the God except through me." That's and, right. And so, what you're expressing as you grew up is that you learned that you don't have to go through anybody to be a part of that higher power. You exactly. have that higher power working in you all the time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, glad we got to touch on that. That's, that's, yeah. very, that's very powerful, <laughs> I think. Well, we all are powerful beings, mm -hmm. but you know, when we're told you can, you can't, you are, you're not, then we lose touch of who we truly are as spiritual beings. Right. Yep. Uh, do you think we had that touch first and then we lost it and then we try to get it back? Or uh, do you think we have well, to grow into it? You know, I look at it like this. When you come into the world, you know, we're bald, we have no teeth, we poop on ourselves. <laughs> Maybe you were bald. <laughs> <laughs> Had no hair, no teeth, you know, um, and was looking, you know, for, for our parents to take care of us. We were perfect. Right. We didn't care if our little legs were chunky. We didn't care that we didn't have teeth. We had no worries. Mm -hmm. But as we start to 
mature, we get programmed that you are, you're not, you can, you can't. So we lose that of who we are, you know, spiritual beings come in here to have a human experience. When did you come across, were you in junior high when you got this sort of knowing uh, or was it a little later? You know, um, I think it was a little, a little later. Um, I lost both my parents at a young age. My mom passed away when I was um, 11. Oh. And, um, and I had four of the siblings, one older and the other three were younger. So we were raised by my grandmother mm -hmm. and she wasn't a real church going woman but we had to go to Bible study. And I think it was when I was in high school, my great-grandmother, she was an advocate churchgoer. She became ill and the pastor would come and we would tithe. But when our medications um, became too expensive, we weren't any longer able to tithe. So all of a sudden he just stopped coming. Ah. So, it, it really made me question. Sure, sure. But I had questioned before then, but that was something that really stuck out in my mind. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm like, I know that wasn't the way for me. It just didn't resonate with me. Right. So, yeah. So you, I so practiced you turned Buddhism. aside. <laughs> yeah, I practiced Buddhism, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. Were you introduced to that uh, in high school or did that come yeah. later? No, that came later. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's been a spiritual awakening journey for you, as yes. with most of us. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. So here you have this beautiful combination of uh, a passionate goal of bodybuilding and excellence in that. And to do that, you combine it with meditation, uh, diet, yoga, uh, massage, uh, chiropractic. I mean, you're putting all of this, plus all the mental work of uh, the um, picturing, the imagery. Yeah, the Visualization. Visualization, right. Uh, there are different names people use for that. Yeah, so uh, it's such a, a masterful package that you were able to live uh, year by year and uh, and then turn around and become a mentor and teacher and coach and guide to uh, to how many how many students have you had along the way do you know no I've lost count you yeah, know sure. people come sure you know there's a reason, season, or a lifetime, you know, that people are in your lives. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, for me, I find it an equal give and take. When I'm coaching someone, I get just as much out of it as they do. So, um, and that's the beauty of it, is it's changing lives. Do they come to you because they heard about you? Uh, how, how do you get connected with uh 
students yes. or clients? Mm -hmm. A lot of a lot of people come to me because they've heard about me. A lot of people come to me because they see me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so I'm my own walking billboard. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, I know on uh, on Wikipedia, you're a pretty walking billboard. All right. <laughs> Yeah. First, well, now that that ended though, right? Yes. Your competition had to come to a close. Yeah. Well, you know, to Dick, like I said, along the way, um, I got my professional um, my pro card in uh, 90, 91. and uh, I won the universe. So that allowed me to get my pro card. You won Miss Universe. Yes, as an amateur. Wow. So from there, I knew when I was not going to be the first black female gymnast to go to the Olympics, I knew that I wanted to be a professional bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, that's where I focus my attention. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the right coaches, the right people showed up at the right time in my life to help me on my journey. Mm -hmm. And I still have contact with my coach who helped me to become the best in the world. Mm -hmm. So we're still really good friends. And so, oh, yeah. you know, like I said, people come into your life for a reason, season or lifetime. Well, my coaches have been lifetimers for me. Okay. And... Yeah. And at the moment, uh, we're together for uh, a reason and a, a, a season. Yes. <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows beyond that, right? Yes. Uh, so you, um, let me tie this into something that uh, we're conferring with each other in, a, in, a, in this uh, ancient secrets um, group that we're associated with and it's knowing what you want mm -hmm. and and what i'm i keep hearing you say is that you knew what you wanted from a young age yes and, and by knowing what you wanted the universe was there for you exactly powerful yeah. it, it uh it doesn't seem to happen uh, often, or if we, if it does happen, uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? So, you know, when I got, um, as an amateur and I started competing in the nationals, I would, uh, go to the judges after the competition. If I play second in the show, I would say, where can I make improvements? Why didn't I place first? What do I need to do to be a, a first place winner? Mm -hmm. And um, I was told, I said, because I want to get my pro card. I was told that I would not get my pro card because I didn't have certain attributes, um, you know, didn't have what it took. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. So that tells me that I have to do things my way, regardless of what the judges say. They just poured a little gasoline on the fire. Oh. And I'm going to show them better than I can ever say anything. 
So I went back to the drawing board. I found the right coach and we just chipped away at it. Every year I get a little bit better. I come a little bit closer. I place mm-hmm. a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the year that I won the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic, they did not invite me to come to that show. And so therefore I had to do, I protested and I went to the right people that got me the invite for that show. And that was the year that I won. Wow. Now, so can you unpack that? Can you unpack that just a little bit? You won the Arnold Schwarzenegger, but you didn't get invited to, I I don't. It was, it was um, his, his competition is by invitation only. Okay. And so normally if you place in the top five of the Olympia, you normally would get an invitation. Oh, okay. And you didn't get an invitation. And I did not get an invitation that year. Uh, But you then protested. Exactly. Got your, met your uh, allies together. (laughs) Yes. Well, you know, I, I, I just went above some people Yeah. until I got to the right person mm-hmm. and, and stayed at my case as to why I should be invited. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got the invite and I won that year. So <laughs> that was, uh, in 97. And wow. then I went back again in 98 and won. Mm-hmm. Was it a color issue? Was it, do you know what it was? No. That wasn't it. I just think um, they kind of had someone else plan to win that show. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But uh, your visualization was more powerful. Well, yes, I was consistent Uh and I was, and I was hella determined. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Wonderful. So 98, uh, you have another winning. What was your last competition did you know it was time to stop whenever you stopped you know it was I didn't know mm-hmm. so well actually I take that back I won 96 and 97 98 I went back and I placed um third that year mm-hmm. and I'm like okay it's time for me to move on uh-huh. yeah so um yeah and I took a couple of years off and I didn't know what to do with myself mm-hmm. because that's what I had done for like the last 12, 13 years. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what do I do with myself? Mm-hmm. So um, I was still personal training and, and coaching. Um, so I decided I was going to go back on stage, but this time not as a bodybuilder, but as a fitness competitor, because I felt like I could use some of my gymnastics background as a fitness competitor. So trainer, I went to her and said, look, I need to do something. I want to go back on stage. And she's like, Yolanda, if I were you, I wouldn't, I would just stay off stage. You finished on top. That's where you want to be remembered is on top. And I said, yeah, but you know, I'm doing fitness now, not bodybuilding. So she was not really for it, but I was, determined that I was going to do it. So I started practicing gymnastics and was doing um, a round off back handspring back flip. 
And when I went to go into the back flip, my, I ruptured my Achilles. Oh, so that was a sure sign that I shouldn't go on stage. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and probably the first major injury that you had. Yes. Oh. It's How been a major injury and pretty much the only injury. Yeah. 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 Sometimes, uh, <laughs> well, I had a guest on just last week uh, and she didn't have any injuries until the last year or so. And she would ask, uh, like she fell and she hurt her shoulder. And so she would um, ask, okay, what do I need to learn about a shoulder injury? Is it because I'm carrying too much weight uh, responsibilities and I need to let go of a few things or, uh, oh, yeah, it's trying to make a meaning, uh, about yeah. the injury. There certainly wasn't intentional, and, and, and so, uh, it sounds like some of the meaning for you was it's time to take the ad advice of your trainer. And, uh, well, you know, what I took from that, Dick, was it was. I had a lot of things going on in my life at that point, and I was not wanting to look at it. Oh. And, and so with that being said, having a foot injury, that meant that I had to sit still and sit and go within mm -hmm. and look at what it was that I was not wanting to face. Perfect. And that's what I took from that. Perfect. Oh, I, 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 understand that one <laughs> and it sounds like uh i'm just gonna guess but it sounds like it worked for you you were able to do some healing on the inside yeah yeah do it you did. have do you have some uh, methods or teachers yeah. that you can recommend to others uh that might want to explore that you area know, at that point i um i think i had come off the movie rollerball hmm. so um you know i had to sit still and so i started practicing buddhism hmm. and that was my go-to okay so i i chanted i saw the movie what's love got to do with it with yeah. Tina Turner. Uh -huh. And when she was chanting, her, her friend introduced her to the practice and how that gave her the courage and the strength to leave Ike and to get through. Yeah. So I'm like, if it worked for her, it could work for me. And so I said, yes, I, and I still do practice. Practice. Yeah. Um... Nishiren Buddhism. So I chant Namyoho Renge Kyo. That's the phrase? Yes. Um, how does it sound when you chant it? Namyoho Renge Kyo, 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 Namyoho Renge Kyo. Uh-huh. So, yeah. It's a very fast, yes. competitive yeah. uh, chanting. Yeah. It, it, because so many of us, when we hear chanting, it's... Om Namah Shivaya. <laughs> Om Namah Shivaya. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. So yeah, you know, I've been on, I guess you could say a spiritual journey for a number of years. I know when I was shooting the movie Rollerball in Montreal, um, my girlfriend who introduced me to Nishran Buddhism, we went up to the Siddha Yoga Ashram, which was in upstate New York. And that's where I, I learned about Om Namah Shabaya. Oh, <laughs> all right. Uh, you said Siddha Veda? Siddha Yoga. Yeah. Siddha Yoga. Yoga. Okay. Siddha Yoga. What's the connect? Is there a connection with Veda well, and Yoga? It's, well, it's called Siddha Yoga. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I, Guru Maya is, you know, she is the guru. Mm -hmm. um, so when I went there, I didn't know anything about it, but I was open for the experience. Okay. Right? So I went with my girlfriend and, and so we would like clean the kitchen and, and, you know, do duty and exchange. And we would go in and, and meditate about being in the presence and, and looking within mm -hmm. when, we would come across challenges, but also being able to appreciate the challenges that we have in life that can help you to become a better you. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 So it was it was really interesting. Um, I got some got a lot out of it. I was having weird dreams while I was there. But uh, when we were traveling back to Montreal in the car, we decided that we weren't going to speak the whole trip. So we had to order food. We needed to get gas. Now that was, that was entertaining. <laughs> uh, sign language or writing? <laughs> Both. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I heard maybe from you that you had uh, an encounter with uh a Dr. Naram yes. from India, who is yes. a spiritual healer. Uh, why or how, what was what was going on with that? It, it sounds like it might have been after your trip to New York. Oh yeah, um, you know I uh, met Dr. Naram. I was just browsing YouTube and came across one of his YouTubes. And I'm like, oh, he looks interesting. Let me just look at this. And uh, what was it about? I think it was, I don't even remember what it was about because I wasn't looking for him, right? And it right. just he just looked really interesting to me. So I listened to his uh, YouTube and I'm like, okay, let me do a little more research on this guy. He sounds really interesting. Um, He's alternative and I'm all about alternative. I don't do flu shots or any of that. And when a doctor says, take a tablet, I run. Ah. So <laughs> um, anyways, um, I looked and he was going to be in Vancouver, BC. Mm -hmm. So I made an appointment and it was in the middle of the week. And that's when I'm pretty busy with clients. So I ended up canceling. So the next time he was coming through Vancouver, Canada, I made another appointment and I canceled. 
And now we should let people know you were just across the the, the water Canadian. from there. Yeah. Canadian border. Yeah. yeah. And I live maybe 25 minutes from the border. Yeah. From Vancouver. Yeah. So I think about a year had gone by and he kept coming up for me. <laughs> so he came up again. So I made an appointment, but this time I stuck with it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I went up to Canada. They told me to be there at a certain time and it was a room full of, of people. And I'm like, okay, I don't know what to expect. Just open-minded, but I was really hungry and I was at the end of the day. And by the time I was getting ready to go in to see Dr. Nuram, I was a little bit hangry. <laughs> ah, I know the word. Yes. <laughs> so when I walked in, his energy just hit me. Hmm. It was so powerful. And he was so like delighted and full of life. I was like, wow, who is this? Hmm. And it's the end of the day. And it was the end of the day after he had seen, I don't know how many people. Oh. And he still had that kind of energy and that kind of life force. Hmm. I'm like, wow. Mm hmm I'm hooked. I got to get to know this person. <laughs> so we had a, a, a good conversation. He took my polls and uh, he told me that I was going to have a, a big job in helping to shift the consciousness. And he even spoke about a book and I'm like, Oh, okay. Me and a book. Well, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but now, um, you know, my goal is, I always ask myself, how can I touch a million people? Oh, wow. What answer do you get? Well, I'm still looking. Oh, okay. Still looking. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're uh, pressing certain marma points there that you go. learned marma from points. Dr. Naram. Correct. Uh-huh. So... Yeah. Um, how can you tell us how many years ago that was that you kept your That's appointment? Been, that was uh four years ago. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. uh, because we know that he passed away last February, uh, yes, 2020, and uh, so you've, you've had some time to be working on this or being open to how this is going to expand. So, yes, that is your picture in the front of the book ancient secrets of a master healer you have a yes. picture there it was yes they do okay uh -huh. mm -hmm. and so this uh do you think that's the book he was talking about i don't think that's the book he was talking about but i think he was talking about maybe my life journey as a professional athlete what uh -huh. it is that I do. Uh -huh. um, and for myself, you know, with my clients, it's not just about going in the gym and lifting weights. It's about, um, how do I say? It's about challenging them also spiritually and mentally, giving them food for thought um, about how they can do things different, how they look at food. I mean, when I competed, I would eat seven, eight times a day, and I ate a lot of meat. Mm -hmm. um, so now I, I eat very little, if any. Mm -hmm. 
and and so I've really shifted my diet just because of Dr. Nurem. Ah, mm -hmm. So the meat eating back in that season was helping you fulfill your goal and succeed. Yes. Now you are in a different season with a different goal. Yes. And you're diet has shifted to match your your new goal yeah. is that a fair way to yes. yeah 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 and much about your lifestyle uh, well first, you know i i just i realized that uh over all those years of eating so much meat uh, my digestive system was was um not in very good shape Oh, okay. I was having a little bit of uh, a leaky gut mm -hmm. and I had a lot of inflammation in my body. My joints were really sore. Mm -hmm. um, and now I don't have that. Ah, so yeah. can you give us a bit of what your diet shifted to? Well, I'm more plant-based and I do still eat um, seafood. Mm -hmm. And every now and again, if I'm really craving it, I'll go out and buy myself an organic ribeye steak. Mm -hmm. But you know, but I also use the herbs um, that Dr. Nuram had prescribed for me. Okay. Just to detox my body. All right. Uh, are you a, a mung bean soup fan? I am a mung bean soup eating fan. <laughs> How long have you uh, been on on uh, mung bean soup? Probably uh, about a year and a half. Uh huh. Of course, yeah. I don't mean that you eat that every meal or every day, but no, I don't know. Maybe you do. Well, you know what? I eat it um, probably like four days out of the week. Mm -hmm. Sometimes five, and I'll eat it twice a day. But I'll also eat other things. Besides the monk soup. <laughs> Good. Uh, in this uh, time of COVID, you have had some different shifting to do, I would guess, in terms of your being able to be a coach or I don't know. Uh, how, how has it worked for you in uh, well, with the first uh, lockdown, um, it was a little bit of a shift. I wasn't able to go in the gyms, but I was able to do all of my training outside. Oh, because of the because weather. Of the weather, uh -huh. right? But now with the second shutdown, um, I've figured out a loophole. Mm -hmm. And so that loophole is I'm doing physical therapy, mm -hmm. yeah. which is medical. And you can use uh, uh, a, so, the gym or a part of the gym for yes. uh, that, pur that purpose. Yeah. yeah. And uh, at this point, uh, physical training and physical therapy have a lot of similarities. So yes. in some ways, uh, you may not have a, a license but you do have a license in sense of your training and, and your experience. So, yeah, yeah, I can see how that would work. Yeah. Um, is, 
is it getting, you know, you're up in the Northwest, uh, actually north of Seattle, aren't you? Yes. So what is the COVID situation in that part of the world? Well, yes, everyone, uh, the restaurants are closed. The restaurants is for takeout only, or you can eat outside on a patio. Mm -hmm. And right now it's pretty freaking cold to be eating outside, but there are people that are doing it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you have to wear a mask everywhere you go. Um, mm -hmm. I don't particularly wear a mask outside. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do get a few strange looks. But for me, that prana is the best thing that you can do to help keep your immune system strong is get out and connect with mother so, nature. Can you uh, help us understand the word prana? Air, breathe. Uh-huh. Yes. And do you, um, some people listening to this will say, but you may be protecting someone else if you did wear a mask. How, how do you respond? Well, you know what? For me, I know the things that you hear so many different uh, uh, views and, and things about the mask does help, the mask doesn't help. Uh, so for me, I'm outside. It's not, I'm not six feet I'm, you know, within another person. And uh -huh. if they want to wear a mask, that's their business. But I know for myself, I'm not wearing a mask because so, fresh air is one of the best things that you can do for your health. So you're not talking about uh, close contact with people. You're talking about being out in nature, getting yes. your walk in, getting your time with the trees and the air and exactly. the environment. So, yes. yeah, well, I don't think there's any and nobody has a requirement to wear a mask if they're just out in the woods, do they? Well, you know what? But a lot of people do. I mean, oh. you know, hmm. joggers you see with mask on. Um, wow. Mm -hmm. So, but I'm just not a part of that. And, and yeah. I know what's right for me. Yeah. And I'm going to do what's right for me. And when people say, yeah, but you're protecting, help to protect other people. Well, you know what? If they're that concerned, then they shouldn't be out. That's so, how I see <laughs> So uh, you're also careful about where you are and uh, who you're if, around. Yeah. If, if I am going into a grocery store, I'll wear a mask. Okay. I, I think our listeners just had a sigh of relief. <laughs> really, I mean, you know, because people are listening and they hear the same arguments and they, they're, they're having the, sometimes the same issues in their own lives. And how do I do this? And how do I do that? So uh, appreciate you sharing the way it's working for you. And it sounds like it's working well. Yeah. So uh, are you thinking about becoming uh, more expert in your healing uh, practices with uh, Dr. Naram's um, training? Yes, I am. And, and what would that mean for you? Well, I'm an empath. Mm -hmm. And so I already pick up on people's energies. Mm -hmm. 
and working with the body, I can sense a lot of times as to what may be going on, mm -hmm. but also just to get people more aware of their bodies connecting because I work with people who have just so disconnected from their bodies. If I ask them to tighten a muscle, it doesn't happen because they're disconnected. So it's, it's really trying to get them to reconnect. I believe mm -hmm. just like Dr. Nuram's uh, master lived to be 125, 120. Way up there, and, yeah. And then his, his master lived to be 145. So, I mean, I just feel like we have been told and been all these things have been put in our food and drinks and that just isn't good for the body. Mm -hmm. There's going to be an effect. Mm -hmm. Well, gosh, that went really fast. <laughs> Yolanda Hughes. If they are searching for me, I'm under my maiden name, mostly under Hughes. And that's what I competed under. Oh, thank you. My maiden name. Yeah. All right. Yolanda Hughes. Would you share just a final word or two to the group? And uh... as they say, we're all in this together. I feel like we as a whole, as a collective, could come together and work together instead of working against each other and work through the differences that we've been taught because they may not even really apply to you, but you just take on those, those belief systems because you've been told that's the way it is, even if it doesn't feel right for you. And to really follow your heart and to treat people with kindness because we all wanna be treated with kindness and to come from a place of love because that will always teach you. Beautiful. I'm comfortable with just ending with that. Thank you, Yolanda. It's been a, a treat to spend this hour with you. Thanks for having me, Dick. Great pleasure. So folks, remember, wherever you are, that is your world. Uh, please leave your world cleaner, more peaceful, and more loving than you found it, because if it is to be, it is up to us. Take care and talk to you soon.